Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick Miller, alongside Wayne Pua. We are back and ready to break down the NBA draft. Um, you know, if you were with us, you know, about a month ago or so now, I mean, maybe a little bit more, we did an NFL draft uh, special with three episodes. Um, you can find, you know, that whole coverage for the NFL draft if you're interested. Um, you know, through our link on Instagram, if you're on social media, you can find us uh, in our bio. We have a link to all of our outlets for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, etc. Um, you can find Wayne on Twitter as well. He's out there, you know, dropping all sorts of tweets and causing havoc. Um, I'm, I'm all over Instagram, just, you know, messing with other accounts and this and that and just shaming a lot of players and stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. We're getting a lot of hate uh, coming in on the comments as well, which has really been entertaining. But uh, in general, yeah, shows uh, your support by, you know, following us where you can. If you can leave us a review, those help. And uh, seriously, if you have any critical feedback you just want to share with us uh, offhand or on the spot, we're always happy to take it. So uh, with that, we'll go into the NBA draft, which will take place on Thursday night. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Wayne to kick this off. Um you know, kind of looking down the draft board as Bulls fans, uh, we're in the 18 slot in the first round. Um, I'm also looking at OKC has three picks in the first round, one of which is the top three picks. So um, you can start wherever you'd like, Wayne. But uh, what are your thoughts on some of these players or potentially a team or two that you like? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go right off the bat for uh who I think the, the Bulls ought to be taking. Um, but we have Sabir's over here. Got the good old uh, Angry Orchard hard cider here. So in a little bit of a lesion uh, uh, mug. So I'm going to just pour it up here as I make this pick. But I, I'm going to go for... Ooh, you got a little old Forster. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's, not, that's not that 1920 Prohibition style on the rocks. <laughs> I guess we're celebrating. Um, for Yeah, who we think the... Those picks are gonna be, um, but <laughs> for no real reason, for no real reason whatsoever. <laughs> but hey, you know, it's always gonna celebrate. Uh, so with my pick, cheers, man. Um, right, cheers. I'm gonna pick EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. Um, There's no way you just said that. Is that your guy? <laughs> That's my guy at 18, dude. How did we do that? No, I'm sort of God. Yeah, just so just so everybody knows, we're not lying. EJ Liddell, <laughs> Chicago. Okay, Wayne, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, my take on it is I feel like the Bulls need that kind of – they need that kind of Draymond, right? I think it was pretty apparent, you know, Draymond's impact, and he definitely has a lot of Draymond aspects, and that he's, like, tough, can shoot three a little bit. You know, he kind of has that same body type as well. And I think we need that uh, that kind of, like, four, you know, or, you know, a small lineup big guy that can help uh you know guard multiple positions get some boards uh guard the paint a little bit um so that's certainly is where i think if the with the bulls in the current makeup that they need to be going um you know they i i think in my opinion like the way that they play defense right now with the like Alonzo ball they kind of have a swarm defense you know Alonzo caruso that kind of depth lineup and then like a DeRozan and zach Levine out there uh and you know maybe patrick williams Feel like they they really need that extra that other four that can just be that uh kind of that center of Draymond if you will so and I you know the NBA is very much a copycat league and you know, of course everybody's been copycatting the Warriors and I think that EJ Liddell fits that mold 
um, to the T of what the the Bulls are seeking for. So I think that's I think that would be my pick. You know, especially if Patrick Williams isn't necessarily healthy, or you know, maybe they aren't able to necessarily land uh, the Bulls aren't able to land like that wing, uh, you know, three or four type of player. Um, then that's where I see that you know, hey, let's let's get somebody that is kind of ready made with EJ EJ Liddell can kind of come in and uh, be an immediate impact, you know, not some sort of, not a Patrick Williams that's like 19 years old and like, you know, has uh, some room to grow there. Like, I think, I feel like EJ Liddell can come, contribute pretty quickly. um, And, uh, you know, I think he shot like almost 40% from the three-point line too this past season from college. So to help stretch the floor. I think he would make per- perfect sense for the Bulls and what they're trying to do there. So, but want to hear your thoughts, man. And like, why are you still my guy? <laughs> I got, I mean, I got so excited when you said that because of just reading through his bio, I was like, this is exactly the kind of guy that we need. Like a guy who's, you know, he's six, seven. Um, he probably moves like Draymond. Um, I've seen some player comps to him and Grant Williams. I just think it's a player where, you know, he can guard or play three through five. Um, you know, a little undersized, but that makes him like very switchable, um, at least from the center position. You know, they said he's an excellent shot blocker. When I think about, you know, Nikola Vucevic down low, I mean, I like Vucevic, you know, Vucevic's scoring, but in the same sense, it's just like, is that your traditional center or a center that can like really help you out when you got slashers coming down? It's like, I don't really think he's the right guy for that type of role, but I do like him like as a you know, a pick and pop kind of guy um, for the Bulls. So I just think he fills a lot of um, holes that we have in our roster, especially from the three, four, five spots. And, uh, you know, if anybody was to get injured, you know, we had Patrick Williams was on the shelf for a little bit last year. You know, if we just happen to have, you know, anybody go back on the shelf, it's like to bring in some fresh legs from those positions is just so helpful to us. So I'm with you though, because I was, um, there was a lot of small forwards or, you know, bigger shooting guards. I was like, this, this might also work for us, but I just think the bulls are a little bit too far down in the pecking order to, to grab a guy that they, you know, would really like to have. Maybe um, there's a couple guys I would throw out there just from like a, maybe a Malachi uh, Branham from OSU, you know, maybe an Ochai um, Agbaji from Kansas, but you know, I just feel like those guys are going to go higher. So they're just not going to be able to get their hands on at the right time, unless they make, you know, a trade that, I can't really foresee. I can't see him like packaging up multiple picks or a player. I mean, I've heard Kobe White might be on the block. I mean, I like Kobe a lot from, you know, from the bench and to have some like offensive prowess behind ball. But, uh, you know, if it comes to it and we package, uh, you know, our 18 and, and Kobe, for example, maybe we can move up to, you know, the Knicks and, you know, dish him off to the Knicks who are looking for a point guard, or maybe it's, you know, another team up in the top 10, but, uh, you know, that's my initial thoughts, I guess, when it comes to, you know, maybe the Bulls and what they're looking to do. Yeah. Who who would you trade up? Uh, curious, like, if you were to trade up, like, uh, the 18th pick and Kobe White for a pick in this draft, who do you think that they would be able to land? Um, either yeah, I mean, elsewhere? I mean, you said it last time. I mean, I think when we were doing um, this pod, um, you know, I'm looking at A.J. Griffin from Duke and I'm looking at um, Ochai Agbaji from Kansas as well. It's like, they're both uh, three point scores. We shot the least amount of three pointers uh, in the NBA last year. I mean, I still liked our offense because DeRozan's like the king of the two, but you know, in today's NBA, like you do need to have somebody who's going to drop down, you know, three point baskets. I just think that's a big thing. And, 
And these guys are more than that too. It's not just like they're uh specialist in a sense, but they've been, you know, scouted as being really good pros, guys who can just be pure scorers, good athletes. So I just think a mix of those kinds of, you know, qualities and or skill sets would just really fit well on a Bulls team or really any team in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know if I would trade, but to your point, like we definitely need uh, three-point shooters. Um, so that's where I feel content, I guess, with Liddell. And then maybe we can uh, – I know there's a lot of Bulls talk on Rudy Gobert and everything. So, but of course, <laughs> it's like, do we want to get rid of Patrick Williams? Well, I kind of want Patrick Williams because, you know, Bulls need those wings. And he shot really well from the three-point line too. So, if we, you know, he just needs to be healthy and be more assertive, I, I think, is the whole thing. So, um, but I do like AJ Griffin. I'll, I'll, I'll share what I have him uh, uh next kind of on here but no I, I i i do agree that you know hey if they already trade up i mean you know do we trade up for like a mark williams kind of like get that center you know that rim runner a little bit uh kind of as a backup uh or you know see kind of like as that rudy gobert because he definitely has that length and all that um uh and, and that potential he just needs maybe more grooming though um but you know i do like aj griffin overall so but you know who knows what what would do there. I, I I would like to keep though to your point, Kobe White. I think we do need that that offense. So if we were to trade Kobe White away from the bench, it's like, well, who's who's going to be scoring on the bench now? We don't we don't know. So yeah, yeah I think that's my biggest uh, you know deter. It's like we need that kind of Lou Williams from the bench. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I wouldn't be inclined to just know his name's getting dangled. So if it happens tomorrow night where he gets traded somewhere, I I guess I won't be surprised, but I'm kind of with you. I think if uh, Liddell falls to us, that'd be really nice. Uh, To your point on Gobert, um, you know, I think he's a, obviously he's a great defender. Um, I just know with his contract and what Utah is asking for, it's like, we're going to gut our team. And then what are we going to be at the end of the day, the Utah jazz? It's like, <laughs> so it's like, we'll be Chicago's version version of the current Utah jazz. And it's like, I just don't see that as being like a championship solution for us um, long-term, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, still love that talent. Um, Mark Williams, um, you know, he's, he's obviously high up on the ranking board. I think he's like top 15 for most uh, outlets, um, you know, seven to kind of your traditional big, um, I don't know. I, I would just like prefer to go the Liddell route. I just feel like that's more modern. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy like Robert Williams, like, you know, it's kind of showed out in the finals. Draymond's always been that kind of, you know, center with, uh, you know, ball instincts too. It's just kind of like, I think I, I'd like going in that direction. I think our team is kind of, you know, to a much lesser extent, like trying to more or less emulate what the Warriors have going on. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we're, we're definitely not on that, on that shelf, uh, at least as of yet, but, uh, you know, with yeah. more depth pieces and young guys that we, we could throw in there in our rotation, I'm, I'm excited about what the future could look like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's like, if, if we were to trade, you know, uh, uh, Kobe White, it's like, not to say like we can't have any type of bench scoring, but certainly would be, would just be something to address, you know, in the, in the off season, you know, by probably free agency then. So, um, but you know, that could be another episode. But yeah, you know, I I, I do think it, it could be exciting. I, I love the NBA draft overall, and I'm excited for what the, you know, in a in AK we trust, right? So I I would love to see Liddell in a Bulls uniform. I think he fits kind of what we're looking for overall. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Thaddeus Young kind of, you know, kind of like yeah, that four like an actual for that is kind of versatile. I think he can definitely fit that mold and slash dream on as well. And yeah, you know the the NBA is is definitely different from your your grandpa's type of NBA, right? So, 
you know, that's always where it's just the smaller teams I feel like are um, with good defensive rotation is the key thing. Um, you know, not, not the Rockets from the years past <laughs> can definitely, uh, are, are they the winners of the NBA these days? I feel like so. Yeah. Uh, what other um, uh, picks are stand out to you uh, in this drafts or any trades you want to share? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I'm looking at number four. I, I, I believe in what the scouts are saying. And, and I looked at the top three teams when you look at Orlando, OKC, Houston, you look at three of the top players on the board in Holmgren, uh, Jabari Smith and Paulo Bencaro. So it's like, I kind of agree that those three are going to go top three. Um, orders might be different. I've got Smith, Holmgren, Boncaro in my in my order, but I think that four is super interesting because I think Jaden Ivey is going to be the best player in this draft. And it's like it's unfortunate that everybody could probably sit back right now and maybe make an argument he's the best player in this draft, probably has the most upside, and yet he can't find himself into the top three because you're worried about what Cole Anthony uh Gilgis Alexander and then you know uh, the Jalen Green Porter thing going on in Houston so it's like I personally would take him and just figure it out later but at four with Sacramento they've got an interesting thing going on too because it's like they've got Fox they've got Davian Mitchell who they just drafted you know they got rid of Halliburton because they wanted you know a big and Sabonis so it's like they've been doing this point guard thing for a while now and uh it's just one of those things you can't miss so it's like you know, he's 6'4". Um, you know, they say he plays kind of like a job ran light, which is crazy to even think that these top three teams are going to pass on those kinds of prospects. But um, in general, um, when I look at Sacramento, I feel like they'd probably want to go the small forward, power forward route, maybe a traditional shooting guard. So it's like, who could they make a deal with in the NBA that would, you know, mm-hmm. fix maybe some of their problems or, you know, get them a little bit more intrigued? Um, I was thinking, you know, just with the Knicks looking for a point guard, uh, you know, could a package of the number 11 and Julius Randle maybe start conversations, maybe some futures? I don't know. I mean, the Kings seem to sometimes make kind of foolish trades when they've got, you know, craft capital or, you know, some promising prospects. I feel like some might argue that the Halliburton Sabonis could end up being a whiff down the line. Like, I don't know. But, uh, that was one place where my head started, you know, to go with that. Um, I know the Wizards are also looking for, you know, a point guard. Um, I don't know who they would trade that would be of real interest to Sacramento. Um, I, you know, there's no scenario where I see Bradley Beal going, hey, sign and trade me to Sacramento uh, when he's got, you know, all the choices in the world. But, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I. But, you know, if, if Sacramento holds tight and just holds on to Ivy, then they've got a Fox-Mitchell-Ivy thing going on. And and who knows? They've been trying to get rid of De'Aaron Fox. Maybe De'Aaron Fox becomes part of a bigger conversation around the league. I mean, you know, the Knicks are looking. The Nets might be looking if something crazy happens. But, you know, De'Aaron Fox could be a really nice player for a for a playoff contender. I mean, Boston, we saw you know, was that point guard short, that score short of, you know, maybe winning it all. Um, could a De'Aaron Fox be somehow packaged over to Sacramento or to Boston from Sacramento? I don't know. But uh, that's just where my head's going with this draft. And that's what I think will be one of the most memorable things uh, coming from it on Thursday. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think the first three, is, every single mantra I've been looking at, it's usually 
Uh, Jabari seems like he's it used to be Chet Holmgren, right? Like as number one, but then I feel like people are like that. That's funny, kid is going to be number one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they went with Jabari overall. Um, so it seems like sounds like Jabari is going to be number one. And then there's been bouncing back and forth between Chet Holmgren and Bonchero. I got Holmgren going to OKC and then Bonchero uh, going to the Rockets. But that honestly like was kind of like 50-50 in my opinion. Um, I think they both kind of fit the team needs a little bit of what they're looking for. Um, so I, that all makes sense. Uh, yeah, to your point, four is going to be the interesting one. You know, if if I am the Kings, uh, you know, I kind of just had it as I don't know if they're actually going to do it because they always seem to be making bad choices. So <laughs> um, I feel like I think that they're going to – I think, you know, hey, they, they maybe they do stand pat there and then they just take a wing and make a mistake about taking Ivy or – if they do trade, it, to your point, it'd be cool if they are able to trade. Um, you know, I, one once uh, um, organization I think that would be possibly a good fit there would be the Pacers. Actually, uh, if they're able to jump from six, uh, I don't know exactly what assets they can trade, but I'm sure that there's you know some player that the uh, the Sacramento Kings would want there. So that could be a potential opportunity there because I think that uh, the Pacers. It seems like they're just kind of that. Um, you know, they, I think they need someone to pair up with Halliburton a little bit, you know, kind of have that like, uh, oh, uh, you know, Ivy definitely has that uh, more of a tacker model. I think he's like, you know, some people can read like a John Morant. So if he pairs up with the Halliburton, it's a little, a little bit, you know, he can shoot and all that very, very tactical, not as explosive as say like a John Morant. Um, then I feel like that's like a great backcourt combination uh, going forth. Uh, so, you know, if they can do that, have a backcourt of like, uh, um, Terry Saliburton and uh, I guess John Morant Light and Jaden Ivy. Then I feel like, hey, that's that's a slam dunk I think for um, the Pacers. Um, and then you know, and then I think that the Kings, if they were to draft, you know, move to the sixth slot, I think that's definitely where you know maybe they go after someone like a Keegan Murray or something like that, who I think fits them a little bit more um, on, on there. So I think that that's my initial thoughts. Uh, probably on on what could possibly happen there um and then my boy aj griffin uh <laughs> i think i i think and, and for, i hope kind of for his sake i think he could pair up pretty well with uh dame lord over at uh, portland and uh dude kinda... again you got me at number seven that's where i got him hey, going. yeah great no. hey he's, again he's... The, first, <laughs> the proof is here one whatever six seven I see him. yeah i see it okay right, okay all right. Yeah, yeah. Just for the record. All right. Think, Unbelievable. Yeah. I think he fits really well. I think he could fit really well there because, yeah, probably same thoughts as you. Um, uh, I think he could uh, – he's definitely a good spot-up shooter. Uh, I think he shot like 45% or something like that at Duke. Um, and I think he has a lot of room to grow. He was injured for a lot of the season at Duke. so But he showed up at the uh, NCAA tournament and you know showed that he was definitely capable – Kind of reminded a lot of people. I, I saw like a little bit of Jimmy Butler, just maybe with a better three point shot. So, if he can do that, like that's 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 going to be a good NBA player. You know, obviously his dad played is a coach in the NBA, so he knows he knows the business, he knows the the system and everything. So, I think he has a lot going up for him, in my opinion. So, like I think he, he could be a potential All Star. So, uh, you know, paired up with Dame Lower. Dame Lower needs help. He needs help. So. You know, Jesus, if, yeah, yeah. If Griffin could come in there, you know, 
uh, kind of contribute as soon as he can. I don't know what his uh, timeline would look like there. I know he's like uh, 19 or 20, right? So, you know, if he can help contribute uh, and, you know, I, I'm hoping that Dave Moore gets the help because it sounds like he just doesn't want to leave. So, yeah. The only help he needs is, uh, you know, to get an agent that will, you know, talk him into trading <laughs> himself from that team because seriously, like, he's yeah. like the Bradley Beal of the West. Like, it's it's like, guys, you know, I'd love to play for the same franchise my entire career too and hang a banner and be like, yeah, I never, never left, but you want to be doing that for the Spurs, you know, or the current modern day warriors. You want to be doing it for these franchises that have been middling, you know, basically your entire career. I mean, Portland had more success in Washington, but it's just like, I don't know at a certain point, I mean, we could debate that whole thing. And I think we have uh, touched on Lillard in the past, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, I mean, with with Nurkic going free and Sim- Simmons uh, on an RFA, like you know, if any of these guys leave, he's he's back. He's back at ground zero. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I agree. It it's like the, I think the most sense probably would be like a, like a Philadelphia go team up with Embiid or something like that. But it sounds like you know, it sounds like they want to keep Harden and 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 kind of uh, keep co- closer to what they they already have right now. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, we can we can keep going with regards to Dame Lord. I feel like he he definitely needs either help or needs to be in a different situation because he just has too much goddamn talent. I feel like so. So yeah, just be there. Yeah, I actually saw an interesting mock that had New Orleans trying to pluck Lillard from Portland, giving up the number eight pick. Um, I think Brandon Ingram's always been kind of in the conversation, but even if he didn't toss him Ingram, I don't. I don't because because at this point, how many more you know, how many more like uh, elite Lillard years do we have left? Like I mm-hmm. can't remember his age offhand, but I just feel like as the years go by, his 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 cloud is going down and down. Like and it's not really anything about his game for me. It's just more like he hasn't been in the playoffs for a while. He hasn't like mm-hmm. carried a team to like any sort of uh, <laughs> I don't know like. I, I, I struggle with Lillard because I'm like, is he just a flashy, fun player to watch, like a Carmelo in his prime? But he's just really like, like not the guy that need like you need to get over the top. Or are we? Ha- or do we have unlocked? You know, some locked potential that we haven't seen from him—an extra gear where he could compete at the highest level and like grind it out and like win big series. Like I just, we've never seen it. Like it's it sucks that we've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. You know, this is the whole thing I think with like point guards. Like we had, we've had Chris Paul for, you know, uh, almost two decades now. And while he has helped it, helped a lot of teams in the modern day NBA, like you know, obviously there's Steph Curry who's like this anomaly out of you know, uh, you know, just blows everybody out. But you know, it's hard to have like a traditional point guard, if you will, these days, um, to help lead a team. Like you need that either a wing scorer slash defender that can guard multiple positions, uh, you know, that KD, that LeBron, uh, that Kawhi, right? Um, you know, potentially Tatum and Brown. Uh, you, you need that wing to help uh, push things forth because, you know, you got to be yeah, guarding multiple positions. You got to get a bucket when you want. And the best players to do that are oftentimes either Steph Curry, who's, you know, um, mighty mouse extraordinaire, uh, or that wing, if you will. And it just becomes a lot more apparent these days uh, for that. So, you know, 
if Will yeah were to pair up with either a wing or some sort of like an Embiid, and you know you you put a bunch of three and D players around there, then you know yeah I, I could see that working, but. It's hard to see Lillard. I mean, Lillard's shown up, you know, in the playoffs. He's had his clutch moments. Um, you know, obviously, he. I think some some postseasons or some series, uh, teams just shut him down. They're just, you know, he just doesn't have that help. So it's like kind of like what Curry didn't have Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant or whatever, right? Like he just didn't have that supporting cast. So, you know, part of it is that health aspect too and just getting players there. So, yeah, like I don't know if he's had the chance, and I think that's – that's been our biggest thing is like, he just, we just need to see him have that chance and opportunity with a supporting cast or, you know, some other players that can help him reach that, uh, that peak level. Um, but I don't know who's like, Oh, I want to go to Portland. I mean, that's the, that's just the nature of the piece. Right. And it feels like it falls right in line with the Bradley Beal argument in Washington. It's like, I think Lillard's, you know, a better, a better player or a more attractive player in my eyes and, you know, obtaining Bradley Beal, but in the same sense, it's like we we kind of know Beal's probably not your number one on a championship team. It's like he's got to be your two or three, but it's like we've never seen him in those moments, so we just don't know what he's really made of yet, and that's kind of the frustrating point. So hopefully both of those guys, you know, not to get away from the draft, but like hopefully yeah, yeah. they can like, you know, open up their minds to uh, to just some different things, and from the rumors, it seems like Beal's like heading in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so who's your – I would like to know, who's your favorite player? Like, I, I'm sure you've done some, like, reading up on a lot of these players. Other than Liddell, uh, who would you say is probably, <laughs> like, your uh, your favorite player? Yeah, um, so we touched on some of them. Jaden Ivey, I like A.J. Griffin. Um, for the Bulls, I like Liddell. Um, I see one thing that I I found different from my mock than others was I, I have um, – Ochai Agbaji from Kansas going number nine to San Antonio. Um, He just seems like a guy that pop would love, like, um, you know, just a great athlete. He's a great three point scorer. Uh, He's good at, you know, scoring overall. Uh, They kind of compare him to a Mikel Bridges, you know, six, six shooting guard, small forward, switchable type. Like he seems to be everything a team should want. And yet, you know, on most of the, you know, ranking sheets, I found him to be like, you know, top 15 to top 20 prospect when I think he's a top 10 player overall. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think he, he has so many assets that he could unlock as he grows and grows. And it's like, he seems to, you know, he's played for a winner in Kansas, like a well-coached team. Um, You know, I'm sure he's going to be confident in those moments where he gets a chance to play for a team that's like on the rise, or, you know, maybe he's a centerpiece of the future Spurs who, you know, I think we were talking about it at the, uh, you know, the outset of our playoff predictions, but, uh, you know, with DeJounte Murray and, um, you know, some of their wing talent, I think like they're a team to look out for uh, in the coming years. I mean, I think they've got a couple draft picks here in the first round, three actually in the first round this year. So it's like, you know, if they can grab a, a guy like Agbaji and kind of maybe a couple of solid, uh, you know, talents at the end of the first round, I mean, Spurs could be an interesting uh, a team move, I guess, in the in the short term. Yeah, no, I I like that. Uh, I have him going uh, Ochai Agabi. Uh, uh, I, I I think I'm Bosch's name, but Ochai. Uh, I have him going 14 to uh, <laughs> to Cleveland. Um, I think he's a good player. I I, I did like him. Uh, you know, remember seeing him in the NCAA tournament, everything balled out. So um, I think he can. He's a senior, right? So he's. I think it's one of those things like he he can definitely come kind of come in and 
attribute immediately, has that confidence um, to just do that. So he's a lot more developed. So uh, I think he can do that. Um, I do like the idea of him going to a place like the Spurs. I think I had Jalen uh, Duran going to the Spurs. Um, I just, yeah, I think I, if I'm pop, I, I, I think I'd like to, a little bit more of that big man. Um, I, I think they need a little bit more muscle to just kind of just pound, pound, pound in the paint a little bit. So, um, so I, 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 I know that's kind of like where pop kind of likes, likes to have for his big men, you know, Tim Duncan and all that. So I, I think he would be more of an upgrade. They, they have a lot of wings. So I kind of went that, that route. Um, and then DeJounte Murray, like, they're going to be a scary team, I think. Yeah, either next year, or maybe the next couple of years. Um, you know, with Vassal and then uh, Johnson. Uh, you know, I I think they have a lot of talented players that can help contribute and are probably going to take that next level. You know, in the next year or two. So, um, yeah, I could potentially see uh, a playoff team coming up from them. Um, a lot of good players, a lot of good young, solid players that fit that system. So. Um, but yeah, to your point with regards to Ocha, I think he, he can be a great contributor. I have him going to Cleveland. I think he can contribute immediately for there. I think that would be a great fit. Um, you know, uh, Okoro's, I, I was actually kind of high on Okoro. I know I was like kind of interested with the Bulls taking him back back in his draft day, but um, I feel like they need that kind of person to spread it out a little bit more. You know, Okoro's just not, not that type of shooter. Um, you know, good, good defender can finish. Uh, but he just hasn't progressed, in my opinion. Maybe he does, you know, in this coming year. But um, I think it's always good to have that extra wing. They have, you know, you're you're, you're a small forward on not to be marketing. I, I don't think that's the best thing, <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah, from a defensive rotation aspect, or you know, um, spraying the floor on offense. So that's where I, I definitely see that they need that wing, um, s- such as an Ochai. So, um, but yeah, I, I would love to see the Spurs like take someone like that, though. Yeah. Um, same question to you. I mean, besides the guys that we've already covered, are, is there anybody else on your list that you wanna you wanna point out? Ah, uh, man, that's a great question because I, I feel like the guys we covered, I do like. <laughs> um, I do like uh, if I, I was looking at some of the players and kind of fits, uh, you know, trying to taking all that into account. Um, I think I got really excited about the Nuggets if they were to, if they were to get someone like Kennedy Chandler um, okay. from a <clears throat> Tennessee, I, I think they, they definitely, you know, needed that point guard. I think, um, I know, uh, um, was it Morris, Amonta Morris he did a solid job, but you know, if Murray, you know, who knows how exactly to the, what level he's going to be balling out. Um, you know, I hope he balls out. I think he probably will, but you know, I definitely think they need that depth. Um, and, you know, potentially also putting him at like the shooting guard type of thing. Um, you know, somebody that can play off ball. I think that he could pair up pretty well. Uh, that uh, Kennedy Chandler could probably pair pretty well with uh, Jamal Murray, kind of like in the same backcourt. Um, so that's where I see you know him possibly fitting. Although uh, Nikola Jovich, <laughs> I was that I was yeah. going to say it just for comedy, just for just for comedy's sake. We have to we had to point that out. That would be hysterical. I have uh, Jovich uh, going though to. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I read a scouting report about Nikola going like he needs to be somewhere where there's just a bunch of wings and like solid defensive talent because he has none. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he would fit perfectly then, <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, uh, the the Bucks there. So, um, yeah, I just haven't going there, but I, I would be awesome for Twitter <laughs> if he were to go there. How do you think Nikola Jokic would feel about having Nikola Jovic on the team? 
I'd be like, is nobody else? You don't got anybody else? Like, there's like entire draft here, a bunch of players from everywhere. You got you got to pick that guy, oh, one guy with that one syllable. That's the difference. Like, is that it? Dude, yeah. I, I didn't mention this, but I actually have a guy named Wayne Lua that wants to join the podcast. Uh, so it's gonna be us three just doing something. I, I don't know if you're all right with that, but uh, I mean, I thought that'd Wayne's- be kind of cool. The Waynes and Pat, that would be, that would be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, yeah. I got a friend. I got a friend. Uh, another friend named Pat. Then let's see if he wants to do that. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, that, I think uh, that's fair. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So no, all kidding aside, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good amount of coverage, uh, at least from this first round. Um, I guess I had a trivia question for you. I wanted to throw out there. I want to see if you can get this. Oh, but. There are two former championship bull sons that are in this draft. Can you name the two sons of championship bulls players that are that are in this draft, in this draft pool, looking for places to be? Champions. Wow, that's a great one. Um, I'm trying to look at these last names. <laughs> no cheating. <laughs> so is it that they won that they won an NBA championship with the Bulls or with another team? Yes. They won- yes. They were part of the championship Bulls teams, but two of the championship Bulls sons okay. are ready to come into the NBA. They are nearing the first round, but they are more or less in the second round. I just wanted to see. And and the funny part is they share their dad's names. Oh, they do share their da- dad's names. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. That's a great question. <laughs> like, did Dickie Simpkins have a son? Or I'm trying to, trying to pull out like all. Oh, is there is there yeah. other players like that around there? I don't know. So, so yeah. who who are they? Yeah, it's not it's not Judd Bushler Jr. and Bill Wennington Jr. Uh, it is it is Scotty Pippen Jr. and Ron Harper Jr. Uh, from great. Vanderbilt and uh, and uh, Rutgers respectively. That's great. Yeah, I, I have heard of those players and I've seen some tape on them. But yeah, I, I forgot that they were kind of floating around here. But hey, how about that? You know, uh, was it, I think there were four uh, sons of NBA players and um, on the championship winning Golden State Warriors team. So, wow. you know, yeah, <laughs> there definitely wow. is there definitely is something to just having that uh, that father kind of just like show him, showing the ropes of how to do things in there. So, yeah, I think it was what Curry uh wiggins uh clay thompson and gary payton so wow who is wiggins dad wiggins dad uh i mean he was he didn't have a prominent career like you know even like del curry or whatever but uh i think he played for the rockets uh i forgot his name exactly but yeah he was in there for like a couple years and um probably i think that moved to canada so yeah (laughs) interesting okay well that's that's cool um Yeah. yeah i wanted to shift gears a little bit um Two things that I saw in in news. Um, one was an actual trade that got rejected today. Um, wanted your thoughts, but Indiana Pacers um, would have received Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and um, a future 2026 first round draft pick from the Lakers in exchange for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, the Pacers said no. Um, I had a reaction to it, but I was just wondering when you hear those names and, you know, salaries or like how much they've got left in the tank, like, what do you think of that trade proposal? 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Apparently, what the the Pacers chuckled at it. They're like, "What is this?" or something like that. Um, so apparently, it, you know, the the it was definitely one sided. It seems like there. Um, in all honesty, like in my opinion, like where Russell Westbrook is right now, like I don't think he fits anything that the Pacers are trying to do for the future. Um, not to say that Brogdon does. I, I definitely see that. Brogdon fits probably better for the Lakers than Westbrook did. Uh, you know, he's you know definitely more of that three-point shooter shot. I think he was one of the players that surprisingly a shot that 50, 40, 90 uh, line. So, you know, I think he definitely, you know, surrounds LeBron then with that other shooter. Um, and then I think it was also, what was his name? Uh, Taylor or whatever. Uh, Horton was, I think, probably including that trade, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, so, Taylor Horton Tucker, THT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicago uh, Simeon person. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think he would definitely fit probably better. I, I, you know, I think he needs the ball more, to be honest, <laughs> uh, you know, than, than when, when he was getting with the Lakers. I think, you know, he if he were to go to, uh, you know, a small market or a team that just doesn't have as many uh, prominent players in there, I think he could do well there. Um, but uh, I I do not like this trade, though, for the Pacers, though. I'm, I'm kind of on their mm. boat with regards to what they want to do. Um, Cause I feel like if you want to get a player like Russell Westbrook in his contract and all, it's like, well, why? Like what, what are the plus sides? Like, is he a championship um, bringer and all that? Uh, it's apparently shown that he isn't. And uh, you know, especially with the roster that the Pacers have, like if they were surrounded with shooters, you know, uh, like if they had a Clay Thompson or some of that, maybe um, and some other like a good quality three D type of shooters. Great. But that's not what they have. So, and in, in the, whether they're in their trajectory, it sounds like the Pacers are, they're, they're, they're trying to move up, but you know, Pacers have always been like, let's draft some players. Let's get some players that maybe are overlooked a little bit and then kind of groom from there. So I just don't think that fits kind of what, um, where they're going through. I honestly feel like Russell Westbrook needs to get out of LA. It seems like he's not wanted, but I don't know exactly where he would go to, um, you know, so that, yeah, that that would be interesting. But what would love to hear what you think, though? Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I mean, I so when I first saw that the Pacers rejected it, I was a little surprised. Um, I only say it. I mean, Brogdon had really good numbers last year. He had 19 points per game. Um, I want to say he averaged about five or six assists. Um, it seems like you know a very capable player. Seems like a, you know, a nice uh, guard on a playoff team um, that's kind of fully loaded and like ready to win, you know, compete for championships and things like that. Like, I think he'd be, you know, a nice missing piece for a team like Boston or, you know, a team that's really like nearing the finish line. I just feel like, you know, when you have Tyrese Halliburton and, you know, you are trying to kind of you know, maximize, uh, you know, if you've got a player like Brogdon, I feel like you want to maximize your trade return with a guy like him. Um, you know, he played 36 games last year, which is underwhelming. Um, seems like he's got some injury concerns. Um, you know, so when I saw, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker and a first rounder, that's like way in the future, um, you know, could be important. Maybe it's not. Um, I, I thought off the bat, interesting. And then, the Westbrook thing, like, I know he's got this massive year left on his contract. I mean, it's pricey, you know, it's going to constrain you somewhat for, you know, this season, but in the same sense, uh, you know, I think Russell productivity wise is going to give you 
in my eyes, more than Brogdon will um, in a one-year-for-one-year one swap. Russell won't give you more in L.A. with LeBron and Anthony Davis and all the hoopla. Like, I think we've kind of seen that he's not fit for that environment. But I think, it, you know, an area like Indiana, Indianapolis, where it's like, okay, everybody's taking their eyes off you now. Just go out there and play some of your game. You know, I think he'd just be so good for Halliburton. But in the same sense, my thought is that the Pacers don't have to hold Westbrook for the whole year. My thought is that Westbrook pretty much plays, you know, with the ball in hand, but can also play off Halliburton a little bit. You know, I think he's a guy who could, you know, still do triple doubles. He's maybe, maybe falls a little shy of that in the first half of the season. And when you get to the all-star break, you know, you've now gotten a chance to kind of showcase Westbrook in a, in a new light in the same way, you know, maybe there's some second half trade value there where you cut his contract in half and you say, Hey, you know, Boston, you're looking to make that, you know, championship push. Hey, Knicks, you guys are looking to, you know, do more damage in the playoffs this year. You're pretty weak at point guard, you know, Hey, Minnesota, you know, Pat Beverly left you or, or whatever have you. It's just kind of like, I think Indiana would be a nice little proving ground for Russ to just like up his trade value a little bit more. Indiana maybe stays competitive in the East, maybe in the lower, you know, lower seeds of a, of a play-in or something like that. And it's like, you know, maybe that's another return that you can swap out for a young asset or maybe a couple of them. And then it's just like, you know, um, just kind of, just kind of, I don't know. I guess it, it just seemed funny to me. That it was kind of like instantly dismissed. And it kind of seemed like I had the, what the vibe I got was like Indiana was like laughing, like you said. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. Like I didn't hate it. That's what I was saying is like, I just don't hate it. And I, you know, I'm going to hate to see Westbrook in LA for one more season. Um, it just seems painful on all ends. And it's just like, I've always liked Russ. I've always liked the intensity he's brought to the game. Um, he's obviously shown so much better in other, you know, other places than LA, but, uh, you know, I want to see him get a redemption opportunity here. Cause you know, he made Washington a really relevant team for one season. It was just like, nice to kind of see him go there and just like, you know, pair with Beal and like make them relevant again. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've got my mixed feelings with Westbrook, but, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I like, I, I love watching his highlights and, and, I don't know, just and just seeing like him, uh, like he. I think Michael Jordan is even so like he's like his favorite player to watch this because you just see like his passion for the game. Like he just, he just lays it on for plays with a lot of intensity. You know, some say you know he can be a little bit reckless, but hey, you know sometimes and you know he you know the, I think the Greeks were they have like a saying something of like um, basically going like YOLO essentially on the battlefield. It's like he just leaves it all on there. So, you know, I, I, I think you can appreciate Russell Westbrook's game. Is he the, a fit, though? Yeah, with the Lakers, no. He, they, they needed that space. They, they need a point guard that can shoot, I feel like. That's certainly where a Brogdon can definitely fit in there a little bit more so. So that's where I just don't see him there. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he does go. And uh, I'm trying to look to see if there's, like, a, an appropriate team that would, you know, that he would fit in well with and, like, uh, kind of just mesh with. I feel like he would, you know, maybe if he does like do something, something like with a Chris Paul type of situation, right? Where you know he comes in to like a uh, maybe an underperforming type of young team that kind of just needs that extra veteran presence that Russell Westbrook can bring. That you know just doesn't have that solid point guard. 
um, that or, you know, I, I kind of almost hate to say it, but it's like if he were to come off the bench, like he would be great on there, but kind of a pricey situation, you know, maybe a little bit kind of like the Carmelo Anthony type of situation in, um, in Portland. Uh, but, you know, if, if he were to come to like a young type of team or take that, you know, bench spot um, that, you know, so he could have the ball in his hands and just like kill, uh, you know, I, I think that would be great. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see him uh, for his own sake and his own career, just staying in LA. Um, and I, I think they got to move. So uh, yeah, you know, if it is, uh, Pacers, great. But uh, if I'm the Pacers, you know, I, I wouldn't do that trade though. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think I threw out some teams. I mean, another one that <clears throat> maybe, maybe could be a potential destination is maybe you have uh, Lowry and Oladipo do a, you know, he's a free agent. But if he does the sign in trade, maybe you do an Oladipo Lowry for Westbrook flip flop mm. in Miami and LA. I mean, I. It's possible, just you know, salary, you know, match wise. But uh, you know, it's kind of seemed like Pat Riley was calling out Kyle Lowry for his weight, and he's just like, you know, he's getting much better shape. And you know, I think Lowry uh, with his ring has proven that he, you know, he knows how to win, um, which is important. But uh, doesn't seem like they're going to be able to afford Oladipo, nor do they kind of need them, you know, need them with you know the amount of shooting guard small boards they got on that squad. So uh, you know, it's a potential swap there, but uh. I wanted to stay on Miami because the other mock trade that I saw that I thought was pretty intriguing and like everybody wants to talk about Kyrie Irving and uh, the Brooklyn Nets and like we've made our you know points pretty clear on Kyrie, but I saw a mock that basically showed uh, you know Kyrie for uh, Lowry and Tyler Hero, um, you know Kyrie going to the Miami Heat and then Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero going to Brooklyn in return. Um, you know, Tyler Hero is looking for a starting role. He's looking to kind of showcase his skills. Um, but what do you what do you think of that? If uh, if you were Miami or if you were Brooklyn, uh, if I might, I don't know if he would fit in Miami. I think that's the whole thing, right? Like Miami definitely has that. You know, we've talked about it. you know a lot of them. They're all dogs, right? They have to have that killer instinct type of attitude um and hey you know Kyrie definitely showed up in the playoffs you know hit that three-pointer the clutch three-pointer against Steph Curry but you know I think we've talked on this podcast just like you know he has yet to prove for us like after uh not having LeBron around there just like hey I am uh here I'm taking this job seriously I'm here to ball um and you know he definitely showed up you know I, I thought I saw something like he was like shooting crazy percentage you know during Ramadan I believe right um and and just balling out there and then and then and then he had a banana and then he started eating more and then all of a sudden like <laughs> yeah, he lost his like enlightenment with regards to he's playing and all that so um <laughs> maybe he needs to you know go on on more fasting uh, type of things i don't know so <laughs> but you're you're skip the pregame meal um but yeah you know i i would if, if he were to show up like that Kyrie like it would be awesome for him to do that kind of showed what he did, uh, you know, uh, in Cleveland or, yeah, during that that one series in the playoffs, I think it was like the first round of the playoffs, um, uh, you know, when he was when he's in, uh, on the Nets and everything. So that would be great if he could show up there for the Heat because, you know, I want to see Jimmy Butler get a, a chip. So if he could do that with Kyrie, I feel like that would be great. But, um, you know, uh, Hero, 
I I definitely want to see him uh, progress. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know. If it's, I don't want to say maturity wise or anything like that, but you know, to be that starter, to be you know, creating creating his shots, uh, you know, playing good solid defense and everything there. Um, you know, I I don't know if I see it yet, but you know, he's still young. I don't think he's uh, a lost cause yet. So I think you know, he just maybe needs some a little bit more maturing there. Um, and then yeah, you know, obviously injuries kind of hurt him. You know, in the playoffs and kind of limit his play time there. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, if he wants to start great, but I mean, Hey, Manu's had a hall of fame career, right? So, you know, can't, can't always do that. And, and, and to, to like Eric's, Eric's Polstra's thing with regards to having him off the bench, I think he's great off the bench. You know, I, I think he definitely brings that extra, you know, that six man role, which, you know, especially in this rotational period of NBA, like where you always need to have some, a scorer on there. Um, he definitely fits that to the T, you know, can he start? Sure. But, you know, I, I think from a rotation standpoint, like having off the bench or like, you know, getting extended minutes with the second team, like he would definitely do well with that. Um, just cause he, he can create his own shot and score. So, um, I would, you know, if I'm, if I'm hero, I would love to see with the heat more. So, um, just cause I don't, I don't know what's going to happen if I were to like, you know, go to the nets or something like that. But, um, you know, if, if I'm hero, I will I would prefer to say, but, you know, hey, maybe if Kyrie were to join the the Heat, he would just be like, all right. I'm just going to concentrate on ball and living the good life in a no state income tax state. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, m- m- you and I both agree though. Like, we we could never trust Kyrie Irving to like come in and be serious for like four or five years and like play a you know eighty games or seventy five games a year and put up numbers and be a leader in the clubhouse, like it's kind of frustrating because I feel like a lot of these executives are like kidding themselves. Like, yeah, we all see the talent, but we also see the talent with a lot of guys like a Kyrie or, I mean, again, I'll go like Carmelo Anthony, uh, you know, Ben Simmons has flashed talent in the past. Uh, James Harden was amazing on Houston in his prime, but it's like, there are some guys where I'm like, can I really trust you if I give you four or five years worth of max money? Are you going to be here and show us that you're like dedicated to this? Like, you know, maybe next year I could see Kyrie, you know, putting a more serious effort forward if he doesn't get, I mean, he's going to get his deal. I just feel like that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, this swap for me in theory would, would make some sense. I mean, if I'm Miami, like, I don't think that how they're currently constructed is a, is a finals winning squad. Cause I, number one, they're going to have to get through the East, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty top heavy, but then you also got to get through whoever your opponent is out West. And I just don't, I don't know if they have enough in place right now to get that done. Um, A guy like Kyrie at full blow for at least one season could be that difference maker if he really, really cared about it. So the biggest part for me, I mean, not as much on Lowry, but like with hero, you know, being 22 and putting up 25, four, you know, I think he got the six man of the year award. Getting rid of a piece like that would be, you need to get somebody back who's going to like one up that next year, at least while you still have like this very serious window of contention mm-hmm. for the nets. I think it would do great good for them. I mean, I, if I was the Nets GM, I, there's just, I would think about all the trade scenarios that were put on the table from every single team. And I would take the best one because yeah. there's just no way I'm doing four or five years to that guy. And you know, Durant may say something, but if you come back to Durant and you said, look, 
I can get you Lowry, Hero, and some some cap space, and I can get maybe you know we maybe we can bring back Drummond, maybe we can bring back Nick Claxton too. I think he's restricted, but I can get you some other bench pieces. Do you want PJ Tucker? I'll bring you PJ Tucker for a year. You know, I'd start going down the line. Like, here's how I'm going to create your championship team without Kyrie. Like, I think Kevin Durant would listen, and mm-hmm. you know, I think yeah, Hero on his own, he's not going to be the guy that uh, you know leads you to a a championship, you know, on his own or, um, you know, without some good support. But uh, if he's with Brooklyn, you know, if he's with Durant, if he's with Simmons, if he's got Lowry, if they can bring back some depth pieces with Seth Curry, like now we're talking now, now we're like, we're getting there. Um, So Mm -hmm. I just thought, I thought the mock was interesting. I didn't think about Kyrie to Miami, but again, the other thing with Kyrie is, you know, he's not going to go anywhere. That's not sexy. So you got to find somewhere that's like spotlight, big city, very appealing to him. He's wearing out his welcome everywhere in the league. Like <laughs> where else is he going to go? You know, Pat Riley, a type like Pat Riley is the only guy like maybe barring like a Steve Kerr or yeah. a Popovich that could rein that guy in. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he would, he would, it would be interesting, right? I think there's been like the, the Twitter uh, laughter trade of what would happen if Kyrie and Westbrook switched spots, right? Like, what would that be like, right? Um, yeah, I feel like it's like why why is Kevin Durant getting back with all his exes, right? If that were to happen, <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. So um, that would be that would be hysterical if that were to happen. But I mean, it's like Kyrie is like one of the most talented like talent-wise, right, talented players in the NBA. Um, you know, probably the best dribbles, like, you know, it's like either him or, like, Curry, or like, like the best, like, 99%, you know, 99 on the on NBA 2K or whatever, like, hands down, like, one of the best ballers ever. Like, I get faked down and I'm just sitting there on a couch, right? Um, and he's also a tremendous shooter, trem- tremendous finisher. Uh, so, like, you know, he's got all the talent in the world with regards to just playing ball. But then, you know, uh, how does he fit into the team? Kind of, you know, is he the leader? Is he like the second type of person? Right. Um, you know, that's kind of just been his whole thing uh, kind of post Cleveland right now. So in a way, it almost felt like, you know, with being in Cleveland, like was like made sense, you know, in terms of getting the best basketball quality out because he just like what are you doing in cleveland no just ball like <laughs> then you know now he's in brooklyn and you know he's in boston and you know that whole thing so it's like had a lot of you know distractions here and there it's so like for him it's just like if you just concentrate on ball and just you know concentrating on that like great like you know what would happen if you if you were to move to uh to utah right that would be interesting <laughs> yeah right. uh, yeah yeah so uh he'd, he'd probably like you know win chips over there like him and yeah. uh and mitchell but um yeah like it's 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 just for like him it's just for whatever reason it's just not it's it just it's hard for him to kind of get it all there with whatever team he's on uh unless he has like that lebron just be like that you know that staple to be like hey let's concentrate on winning hey let's put all this stuff away right so you know, maybe, so maybe he's just not like that leader alpha that you want necessarily in that team to just take you over the hump. So, you know, kind of similar to Kawhi in a way. I think Kawhi kind of suffers from that. Like, you know, he won the chip when he was with uh, Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry, right? Lowry was the leader of that team. Uh, he was just the best. Uh, 
Kawhi Leonard was just the best player, had all the skills and best defensive player and all that. So, uh, but wasn't necessarily the vocal leader to like, you know, uh, tell the youngins, hey, don't do this or, you know, work with the veterans like, hey, let's, you know, let's do this for the, for the, for the team. So, um, yeah, he's, I don't think he's a leader, but he's got a load of talent similar to, to Kawhi. So I think he just needs to go somewhere where he does have that, that kind of alpha there. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. And to me, Durant is kind of the similar, same boat, like all the talent in the world, but, you know, he had to go to, uh, he had to go to, uh, that's 72, 73, yeah, 73 one team, right? Uh, to uh, to win a chip there, and he wasn't the leader for that team, he was the best player on the team, but not necessarily the, the leader on the team. So, um, you know, I think they just both need somebody that's that's like that Kyle Lowry, if you will. So, maybe, yeah, Kyle Lowry does fit in there, but you know, there's there's just I think something that gets overlooked is just that pure talent NBA 2K style GMing. It's like no, similar to the Heat, you need that. You need that leader to just uh, show people the way a little bit there. So, yeah. Do you, so? Just a, I mean, we've touched on this a little bit, but like, do you yeah. think it's an attitude like a Kyrie Irving or Ben kind of showcases skills? Um, but what do you what do you think of that? If uh, if you were Miami or if you were Brooklyn, uh if i might i don't know if he would fit in miami i think that's the whole thing right like miami definitely has that you know we've talked about you know a lot of them they're all dogs right they have to have that killer instinct type of attitude um and hey you know Kyrie definitely showed up in the playoffs you know hit that three-pointer the clutch three-pointer against steph curry but you know i think we've talked on this podcast just like you know he has yet to prove for us like after uh not having lebron around there just like Hey, I am uh, here. I'm taking this job seriously. I'm here to ball. Um, and you know, he definitely showed up. You know, I, I thought I saw something like he was like shooting crazy percentage. You know, during Ramadan, I believe, right? Um, and and just balling out there. And then and then and then he had a banana, and then he started eating more. And then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> yeah, he lost his like enlightenment with regards to his playing and all that. So. Um, <laughs> maybe he needs to, you know, go on, on more fasting uh, type of things. I don't know. So, <laughs> but you're, you're a skip the pregame meal. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I would, if, if he were to show up like that Kyrie, like it would be awesome for him to do that kind of show what he did, uh, you know, uh, in Cleveland or yeah, during that, that one series in the playoffs, I think it was like the first round of the playoffs. Um, uh, you know, when he was, when he's in, uh, on the nets and everything. So, that would be great if he could show up there for the heat because I, you know, I want to see Jimmy Butler get a, a ship. So if he can do that with Kyrie, I feel like that would be great. But, um, you know, uh, hero, I, I definitely want to see him, uh, progress. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know. If it's, I don't want to say maturity wise or anything like that, but you know, to be that starter, to be, you know, creating, creating his shots, uh, you know, playing good solid defense and everything there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I see it yet, but you know, he's so young. I don't think he's uh, a lost cause yet. So I think, you know, he just maybe needs some, a little bit more touring there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, obviously injuries kind of hurt him, you know, in the playoffs and kind of limit his play time there. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, if he wants to start great, but I mean, Hey, Manu's had a hall of fame career, right? So, you know, can't, can't always do that. And, and, and to, to like Eric's Eric's Polstra's thing with regards to having him off the bench. I think he's great off the bench. You know, I, I think he definitely brings that extra, you know, that six man role, which 
you know, especially in this rotational period of NBA, like where you always need to have some, a scorer on there. Um, he definitely fits that to the T, you know, can he start? Sure. But, you know, I, I think from a rotation standpoint, like having off the bench or like, you know, getting extended minutes with the second team, like he would definitely do well with that. Um, just cause he, he can create his own shot and score. So, um, I would, you know, if I'm, if I'm hero, I would love to see with the heat more so, um, just cause I don't, I don't know what's going to happen if I were to like, you know, go to the nets or something like that. But, um, you know, if, if I'm hero, I will, I would prefer to say, but, you know, Hey, maybe if Kyrie were to join the, the heat, he would just be like, all right, I'm just going to concentrate on ball and living the good life in a no state income tax state. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, m- m- you and I both agree though. Like we, we could never trust Kyrie Irving to like come in and be serious for like four or five years and like play a, you know, 80 games or 75 games a year and put up numbers and be a leader in the clubhouse. Like, it's kind of frustrating because I feel like a lot of these executives are like kidding themselves. Like, yeah, we all see the talent, but we also see the talent with a lot of guys like a Kyrie. I mean, again, I'll go like Carmelo Anthony, uh, you know, Ben Simmons has flashed talent in the past. Uh, James Harden was amazing on Houston in his prime, but it's like, there are some guys where I'm like, can I really trust you if I give you four or five years worth of max money? Are you going to be here and show us that you're like dedicated to this? Like, you know, maybe next year I could see Kyrie, you know, putting a more serious effort forward if he doesn't get, I mean, he's going to get his deal. I just feel like that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, this swap for me in theory would, would make some sense. I mean, if I'm Miami, like, I don't think that how they're currently constructed is a, is a finals winning squad. Cause I, number one, they're going to have to get through the East, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty top heavy, but then you also got to get through whoever your opponent is out West. And I just don't, I don't know if they have enough in place right now to get that done. Um, A guy like Kyrie at full blow for at least one season could be that difference maker if he really, really cared about it. So the biggest part for me, I mean, not as much on Lowry, but like with hero, you know, being 22 and putting up 25, four, you know, I think he got the six man of the year award. Getting rid of a piece like that would be, you need to get somebody back who's going to like one up that next year, at least while you still have like this very serious window of contention mm-hmm. for the nets. I think it would do great good for them. I mean, I, if I was the Nets GM, I, there's just, I would think about all the trade scenarios that were put on the table from every single team. And I would take the best one because yeah. there's just no way I'm doing four or five years to that guy. And you know, Durant may say something, but if you come back to Durant and you said, look, I can get you Lowry, Hero, and some some cap space, and I can get maybe, you know, we, maybe we can bring back Drummond. Maybe we can bring back Nick Claxton, too. I think he's restricted, but I can get you some other bench pieces. Do you want P.J. Tucker? I'll bring you P.J. Tucker for a year. You know, I'd start going down the line, like, here's how I'm going to create your championship team without Kyrie. Like, I think Kevin Durant would listen, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think – yeah, hero on his own. He's not going to be the guy that uh, you know leads you to a a championship, you know, on his own or, um, you know, without some good support. But uh, if he's with Brooklyn, you know, if he's with Durant, if he's with Simmons, if he's got Lowry, if they can bring back some depth pieces with Seth Curry, like now we're talking. Now, now we're like we're getting there. Um, so mm-hmm. I just thought I thought the mock was interesting. I didn't think about Kyrie to Miami. 
But again, the other thing with Kyrie is you know he's not going to go anywhere that's not sexy. So you yeah. got to find somewhere that's like spotlight, big city, very appealing to him. He's wearing out his welcome everywhere in the league. Like <laughs> where else is he going to go? You know, Pat Riley, a type like Pat Riley is the only guy, like maybe barring like a Steve Kerr yeah. or a Popovich that could rein that guy in. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he would – he would – it would be interesting, right? I think there's been like the, the Twitter uh, laughter trade of what would happen if Kyrie and Westbrook switched spots, right? Like, what would that be like, right? Um, yeah, I feel like it's like why why is Kevin Durant getting back with all his exes, right? If that would happen, <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. So um, that would be that would be hysterical if that were to happen. But I mean, it's like. Kyrie is like one of the most talented, like talent wise, right? Talented players in the NBA. Um, you know, probably the best dribbles, like, you know, it's like either him or like Curry or like, like the best, like 99%, you know, 99 on the, uh, on NBA 2K or whatever, like hands down, like one of the best ballers ever. Like I get faked down and I'm just sitting there on a couch. Right. Um, and he's, also a tremendous shooter, tremendous finisher. Uh, so, like, you know, he's got all the talent in the world with regards to just playing ball. But then, you know, uh, how does he fit into a team? Kind of, you know, is he the leader? Is he like the second type of person, right? Um, you know, that's kind of just been his whole thing, uh, kind of post-Cleveland right now. So, in a way, it almost felt like, you know, with being in Cleveland, like, was like it made sense, you know, in terms of getting the best basketball quality out because he just – it's like, what are you doing in Cleveland? No, just ball. Like, <laughs> then, you know, now he's in Brooklyn and, you know, he's in Boston and, you know, that whole thing. So it's like had a lot of, you know, distractions here and there. It's so like for him, it's just like, if you just concentrate on ball and just, you know, concentrating on that, like, great. Like, you know, what would happen if you, if you were to move to, uh, to Utah, right? That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he'd, he'd probably, like, you know, win chips over there, like him and, yeah. uh, and Mitchell. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's just for, like, him, it's just, for whatever reason, it's just not, it's it just, it's hard for him to kind of get it all there with whatever team he's on, uh, unless he has, like, that LeBron just be like that, you know, that staple to be like, hey, let's concentrate on winning. Hey, let's put all this stuff away, right? So, you know, maybe, so maybe he's just not like that leader alpha that you want necessarily in that team to just take you over the hump. So, you know, kind of similar to Kawhi in a way. I think Kawhi kind of suffers from that. Like, you know, he won the chip when he was with uh, Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry, right? Lowry was the leader of that team. Uh, he was just the best. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was just the best player, had all the skills and best defensive player and all that. So, uh, but wasn't necessarily the vocal leader to like, you know, uh, tell the youngins, hey, don't do this, or you know, work with the veterans. Like, hey, let's you know, let's do this for the for the for the team. So, um, yeah, he's. I don't think he's a leader, but he's got a load of talent somewhere to to Kawhi. So I think he just needs to go somewhere where he does have that that kind of alpha there. And you know, yeah, I don't know. And to me, Durant is kind of the similar same boat. Like all the talent in the world, but you know, he had to go to uh, he had to go to. Uh, that's 72, 73, yeah, 73 one team, right? Uh, to uh, to win a chip there, and he wasn't the leader for that team, he was the best player on the team, but not necessarily the, the leader on the team. So, um, you know, I think they just both need somebody that's 
that's like that Kyle Lowry, if you will. So maybe, yeah, Kyle Lowry does fit in there. But, you know, there's there's just, I think, something that gets overlooked is just that pure talent NBA 2K style of GMing. It's like, no, similar to the Heat, you need that, you need that leader to just uh, show people the way a little bit there. So, yeah. Do you, so just, a, I mean, we've touched on this a little bit, but like, do you yeah. think it's an attitude like a Kyrie Irving or Ben or James? Like, is it salvageable? Like once you, once you start, do you, do you, do you think he can honestly just straight up come back straight and say, I'm going to play 82 games this year, 80 games. I'm going to give you my all I'm committed. And he's actually going to follow through. Like I, I'm very, I question that so much. I'm I'm so excited to see what Ben Simmons is post Philly because of how much crap he's gone through personally, which he put himself into, um, you know, and it's gone to the nth degree on the hate and the criticism. I'm just so interested to see like, you know, the hate may always be there, but like, will these guys actually show up and change the narrative? Like, have we seen it in the past? Are we overlooking some experience where we're like, like that guy was a complete castaway or like he was his own own guy. And then he went there and it changed like the outcome of his career. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like at least for Kyrie, Kyrie, right? Like he's like, what he's like going to be 30 or is he 30? Like, so he's a grown human being, right? Like he's not some young, you know, trying to make it yeah, he's 30 years old it's like just turned 30 uh this past march so um you know he he if he's not mature right now like when, when will he ever be i feel like you know i know guys age uh are, are mature uh slower than women right so but it's like when is he gonna just uh kind of be like i don't know be that leader type be that like hey i'm gonna take this seriously i'm just gonna um ball out and um yeah, just just kind of be that, I don't know, that model uh, person that you want him to be a little bit. You know, I, I think that, I mean, I think for me, it's like, you know, I was saying before, he has all the talent in the world. He's works hard with, on his craft, like takes it there. But then, you know, with regards to like showing up on the court and like being that leader for a championship team, it's like, you know, there, there's just something missing there with regards to all that. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like maybe the answer is just they got it. They have to be on juggernauts. Like mm. even a Kevin Durant, like we all appreciate his talent. He's like mm-hmm. one of the best scorers in, in the NBA period uh, now and in history. But it's like there might be stuff upstairs with guys like these where it's like they're just not one or two options on a championship team. They're just, they can't do it with just two guys. They need like three, four guys to like really, really be competitive. And it's like, you know, we're talking about Kyrie in a situation for next year. And it's like, what doesn't, or what didn't he have in Brooklyn that kept him off the court? Like he had everything he wanted. Like, are these guys just scared of succeeding or failing and being ridiculed for it? So it's like, I just feel like it's a, it's like a it's like a fear of of failing with with that much talent and then being like on the spotlight. So like you just pull away and then just make it like the team that wasn't. So then like <laughs> it kind of like takes away like some of the pressure of of yeah. having to like sack up and do it. 
Yeah, and and you know, not to say like this is all Kyrie's fault per se, or like even Durant's. It's like the Nets have just been, you know, either injured or there's just been a lot of uh like moving parts, like leadership, right? Like this was like Steve Nash's, I think it was like his first year, right? So it's like, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. There's uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, is right? I how uh the Nets progressed with Steve Nash and then, you know, all I call this talk about all these First time uh, head coaches, right, that were NBA players, like with Jason Kidd, uh, when he got his first head coaching gig without even being an assistant coach, kind of jumping in the line, uh, you know, versus uh, some of these other, uh, you know, uh, people like assistant coaches, like Udoko, right? Like, you know, he, he kind of, he, he, he had to uh, strive to do all that, or like Nick Nurse, right? Like kind of going through that grind, having that experience, you know, working with great coaches head coaches hall of fame coaches right that definitely helps and you know even with steve kerr like he always talked about how he learned a lot from the best coaches of like our generations right like with phil jackson how he managed things and also greg pop so it's like you know uh you know not to say that steve nash never interacted with great head coaches but it's like there's definitely that difference between being you know, Steve Kerr, like he was, he worked in the front office, you know, before he became a head coach, right? So he definitely had that interaction, was able to, you know, see people kind of like figure people out in that aspect um, before he became a head coach for uh, the Warriors. So I think he was like the GM of the Suns. I, I think he actually traded for mm-hmm. Shaq, uh, which I thought was horrible. I like Steve Nash needs to be like in an open floor setting. Like he is not like a triangle. Like that's the last thing you want. Uh, Steve Nash to be doing is just like chucking it over. Like he's not Derek Fisher, whose only practical use case is just to shoot like <laughs> an open shot. You know, that's so yeah. underutilizing Steve Nash's skill set. So um, definitely a better coach than a GM. So, but yeah, like there there definitely needs to. I I feel like you know maybe it takes some time for the Nets to gel. Maybe they have a better season next year. You know they. There was a lot of drama. There was a lot of like, you know, with Kyrie with regards to, and, you know, maybe some of that is self-incriminating, if you will. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, they, they just either need to gel or they need to have just somebody to like, you know, hey, we need to be on track on all this stuff. And I, I, I you know, maybe Steve Nash just wasn't doing it for them in that sense. But, hey, maybe this next season they progress and, you know, kind of take the season with a grain of salt and move, move on from it. So, yeah. I mean, Kyrie Irving played 29 games last year and he was healthy. Like that shouldn't yeah. happen. So like, I, I don't know. I, I can't give this guy any passes. I will agree. Like not having Joe Harris was big. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they had other key injuries. I mean, Harden banged up Kevin, I feel like was banged up a little bit. Those are big. Like you're not going to win basketball games without your best guys on the court. So I yeah. do get that. I mean, Kyrie to me is like, highly culpable in this situation. He just, he seemingly always is with whatever team he's been on since Cleveland. And I think Tim Legler said it today, but he was like, Kyrie has won the same amount or less playoff games since he left Cleveland than he did in his one year where the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, you know, had their run. So it's like, you think about that and you're like, man, it's been some time since you've been with Cleveland. Like, what have you been up to, man? And it's, it's the same case. Like we're, we're just, um, yeah. We could exhaust us all night. I mean, honestly, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was with Boston yeah. too. Like, you know, it, it was interesting, right? Like, we were looking at the Boston team, and I was like, what were they missing? Like, that true point guard, like, because they, they were just turning over the ball over, right? So, 
you know, and hey, who uh, who uh, who uh, showed up with the clutch shot in a game seven against Steph Curry? It was Kyrie. So like he would have been great there, but you know he just didn't mesh well at Boston. So like that was a good situation for him having those two wings over there. So like you know that could have been a what if and all that, but yeah. Know, the yeah. saddest thing is, like, Brooklyn was his choice. That was his choice. That's mm-hmm. where he's, like, from. That's, like, the team he liked growing up. Like, it was every, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, at some point, man, you just got to put a kid in timeout and just be like, you know, <laughs> sit, on the stair- sit on the stairs for a while. Like, think about what you've done. And, you know, when you're ready, you can come off those stairs and come back a better person. <laughs> like, I just, he's, never, he's never been put in timeout. Like. <laughs> I swear, Brooklyn's just, this is what's going to happen. Brooklyn's going to just, he's going to use his leverage. Kevin's going to say something too. He's going to get his max extension. And like, we're going to see him like half the season, every season until that contract is over. It's going to be the worst contract besides, you know, the James Harden max that will come up. But uh, I don't know, man. I just have, it, it's entertaining to me how like, how much pressure these guys face, like in those probably executive rooms, like, yeah, you know they're probably like Adam Sandler of hustle, just like you know trying to uh, <laughs> appease their owners and like yeah. not fuck up. So uh, yeah, I, w- I would love <laughs> I would love to see that Kevin Durant uh, or the uh, Kyrie ver- to uh, uh, for Westbrook trade. That would be hysterical if that does happen, though. Yeah, you know? be uh, too good. But uh, yeah. man, good episode. I thought that was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, we didn't really touch on uh, Chet Holmgren. Uh, you know, not that we have to go deep into it, but I, like, I don't know, man. A seven footer that's under two hundred pounds, like that, just doesn't sound like a, a top three pick to me, man. I don't know. Like, I don't have much yeah. else. To say. I'm kind of scared about that guy. Yeah, no, he'll definitely have. He'll definitely eat, eat a, need to eat a couple steaks, uh, w- whether he goes to Houston or Oklahoma <laughs> City, right? Like, he get some steaks over there. He'll be fine. Um, you know, yeah, seven footers that come in and they're all skinny. And you know, Kevin Durant was pretty skinny, but yeah, he just needs to protein up a little bit or or something like that. So, yeah, chat just uh, yeah, just eat some steaks. You know, use that expense account that the the team gives you, and uh, yeah, you'll be fine. So, <laughs> sounds good, man. We'll beef up Chet. Uh, you know, we'll already <laughs> see you on Thursday night, but uh, you know, great episode. Uh, With Wayne Pua, I'm Patrick Miller. We're signing off for Ball and Breakfast. Take care, all.